1: This is The Lombardi Live
3: with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSENG.
4: Thank you, Brent. The conclusion of Week 7 NFL Tonight, New England. Michael Lombardi may have heard of it. Gillette Stadium there tonight. The Bears are in town, so it should be exciting. I'm seeing a couple of eight-and-a-halves pop up, mostly eights as the New England Patriots getting hot laying it at home. We say hi and welcome you in. It's Monday. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. And uh, a spirited conversation off the air talking about the NFL, the product that delivers week after week, my man. It's the. I mean, look, I love it. I mean, it would give if it was if it was so good and
3: nobody made thinking that we'd we'd have nothing to talk about. However, they give us plenty to talk about. And like I said on the podcast, you know, I wish we would be. You know, I know ESPN, I know NBC, I know CBS, I know Fox. They're all partners with the NFL, so nobody wants to say things that are kind of not, but. We're really missing, there's so much football out there that's not being talked about, that's left on the curb and not being challenged that, you know, it's it's cheating the fans more than anybody.
4: Okay, that's a good tease. I'll tease you back. Uh, a theme today will be the fall from grace for Rodgers and Brady. We'll get to what's happening with those two. How about this? There's 16 teams in the NFC. Five. One, two, three, four, five, including three in the NFC East are above 500, which is wild. We'll get to the stats. We'll get to the trends from yesterday, of course. Michael Lombardi, two and one on his plays because he is now a New York Jet fan, apparently. However, I was
3: three and oh. I, was, I was three and oh. I had the Jets. I had the Brownies. I said, check with Bill AD, and I had the Steelers.
4: Oh, okay, good. Because I thought I thought you threw the Tampa Bay Bucks in there. Okay, you had the Steelers. No, I
3: I, I mean I, I I I probably I did on on Russo. I took him on Russo. That was one and two on Russo. He was one and two on me, and I'm sure I'm going to listen to how you know Mike LaFleur got him <laughs> by. I mean, excuse me, Mike McDaniel's got him by not kicking that kick, and I'm sure he probably thinks he should have that, but he's not going to have that.
4: Tremendous job, my man. A three and and0 sweep of the board for Michael Lombardi on the Lombardi line. A little birdie got in my ear early today and said he's fired up about the Dolphins. So let's talk about that exciting team and the genius that is Mike McDaniels. A 16-10 win, a cover for you and your Steelers. The Dolphins snap a three-game losing streak. They scored a quick 13 points. Then, dot, 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 a whole lot of nothing.
3: Well, they got lucky to score 16. I mean, here's what bothers me. Here's what really bothers me is everybody says Mike McDaniels is a genius, and I'm sure – at Yale, he is, and I'm sure that if I were in class, I would want to sit next to him to cheat off his test. However, I can't think of anything genius like that he's done. I mean, let's face it, that game was the first drive of the game. The second two drives, he got ten. He had he had ten first downs in the first three drives. Right after that, they didn't do anything. They got seven first downs the rest of the game, and the decision did not go up by by nine. I, I think it gives analytics a bad name. I really do. It's unfair to the analytical community that, to be saying that that was an analytical decision. No, that was a dumb decision. And here's why it's a dumb decision. If you're watching the same game that I'm watching and if you're watching the team that I'm watching, that you're coaching, you realize that if you got to 19 points, that would have been the most that would have been the third most points you scored all season with TuA. If you were watching the game that I was watching, you would have realized that your quarterback was trying to throw four, perhaps five interceptions, specifically the one at the end of the first half that Sutton just dropped. You don't get those three points if he catches that one. You don't get those three. Now, they dropped them. Credit to two. They don't count on a stat sheet. But if you're watching two play, and you're watching that game, and you choose to neglect the three points, that's not analytics. That's stupidity.
4: Yeah, Tua was begging the Steelers to take the ball away, but they wouldn't. The opposite is true for the Dolphins and Kenny Pickett. The defense, you know, the defense for the Dolphins was giving up those yardage twenty to twenty. And then once they got into the red zone there, Pickett threw three picks inside his own uh, inside the twenty five, two interceptions in the closing minutes. You know, that was kind of the difference. Pickett is a guy we're gonna have to give him a full rookie year, and then we'll see what happens next year with him. I mean he tries to force the in cut. If he takes the check
3: down to Harris, right? And 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 Harris could maybe run and it's probably going to be a fourth down call for Tomlin. Tomlin might kick the field goal there. He I don't know. But he tries to fit the dig cut in and they're reading it the whole way. And then the best, then he's on the move and he makes a disastrous throw uh where the kid from Auburn picks it off. No, I can't say his last name. But to me, you know, when the heat of the moment went he didn't really respond to the to the to the call. And look, we to me, like I've said about Mac Jones, who apparently, according to our board today, is listed as the starter on the board. What I said about Mac, I say the same thing about Pickett. Their skill set isn't unique. They don't have a great arm. That's correct. They don't have a, a great athletic skills. They're not, you know, this unbelievable runner. They're smart. They understand how to play the position. And when they don't make good decisions, they lose their advantage. They lose the advantage of what makes them good is the intellectual property that they bring to the table. And when Pickett does what he did there, we can say it's a lack of experience, understand it probably is, but that's what hurts the most.
4: I hope there's a whole lot of moxie there because if I'm a Steelers fan and I've got this for 10 more years, I just don't see special Uh, that Whipple offense at Pitt. They spread it out. He could do a lot with lesser defenders. Uh, We shall see. I don't want to judge the kid too quickly. Uh, It's weird with the gloves and the conversation about the hand size continuously. He drops the ball a lot when he's running it. Anywho, we, we digress. Let's close the dolphins out. 16, 10, another under the unders continue to go crazy. The unders were seven and five yesterday. So moving forward with the Dolphins, I'll set you up for next week. But again, the takeaway is nothing special here. That should have been well, a beatdown of the Steelers and ended up being a six-six to six ten sixteen ten win. Pardon me. Well, I mean,
3: look, the Steelers have gotten better on defense. They really have. They've improved their defense, and you know, it didn't look like it early. But what's concerning if you're a Dolphin fan is the Steelers made adjustments in the in the third in the second quarter, and Miami didn't have an adjustment to make after that. They didn't have it, and you know, your quarterback is limited in terms of he's not going to run. Now he tried to run. But to me, when Miami, other than the – we said this on our show, we've repeatedly talked about this. Other than the fourth quarter where they scored 28 points and 21, whatever it was, right, this team doesn't score points. They scored 20 against New England, 10 of which came from their defense. They scored 21 against Buffalo. The ball was spotted at the six. And in the last four weeks, they've scored 15, 17, 16, and 16. So when you thumb your nose, when you thumb your nose at three, do you really understand who you are as a team? I mean, yesterday, with the with, with Tua back, and certainly there was fanfare, and certainly we were all happy he was back, right? They had 17 first downs. 17, which is usually what they get in a game. They had 18 against New England. They had 19 against the Jets. They had 20 against Cincinnati. They had 15 against Buffalo. Can we stop what this is an explosive offense, please?
4: He's got too many weapons, the mastermind there. McDaniels has too many weapons for this team to score uh, as anemically as you just pointed out, frankly. And they I understand average the Steelers' six yards
3: play. Can,
4: Yeah, it's just not I good mean, enough. I mean here are right, points per drive
3: 1.3 okay points per drive average 1.33 right and, it, and 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 you know I went through it this morning they 0.25 in, in, in points in points per possession I mean Patrick they they don't score they can't get the ball in the end zone they and they makes and then they make bad decisions points per play they were 0.25 like Not those great. those areas I just gave you red zone Third down. What were they, four for 14 on third down? That, none of them were good. They're fortunate that they were playing a quarterback who turned the ball over three times, and Pittsburgh couldn't catch a pass. I mean, Pittsburgh DBs are killing themselves today, especially Sutton. If he catches that ball at the end of the half, it's a 13-game, at halftime. That's right. It, you know, what are we doing there? After he doesn't kick that field goal, he gets two more first downs all on first and 10 play-action passes. No other play after that.
4: The Miami Dolphins, Michael Lombardi, head to Detroit next Sunday, early window. You want to take a stab? What are the Miami Dolphins going to lay? I gave it away. Of course, they're laying a little bit here. What are they laying against Detroit?
3: I mean, I'm going to say they're probably five. I mean, can we talk about your Detroit? I mean, you you, you scolded wanna, me for recommending you them. Do I that mean, now
4: I mean we want oh to you want to depress God. the audience this early in the show. Five turnovers. Oh I mean, Goff is literally the worst quarterback I've ever watched in my life, and I've watched some bad ones. No, he's not. He's not the worst, but he's in their conversation. I mean, can you imagine he was the <laughs> first second so the
3: draft? <laughs> he's so bad. <laughs> I know. I'm Can being, you imagine I'm, I'm the being... worldwide leader? I, I on Twitter, I would get more crap from people on the, because the worldwide leader had a couple people that thought he was sensational, and they were giving me so much crap that I thought he was just an average player, below average. The offense was making him better. How about they had they had? How about their fourth quarter? Can I give you their fourth quarter numbers? I, I'm sure you watch. <laughs> I know it. it
4: like the back of my hand. Please, I'd love to hear about it and tell me more about Dan but, Campbell when you do it, please.
3: Well, they had five they had eleven drives in the game. They had five turnovers and they had eight plays and they had eight drives of of one first down or less. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, Patrick, they lost the game. They had twenty three plays, three fumbles and an interception. Is that good? I'm asking. I don't know. I'm it, asking. Is that good?
4: It doesn't sound good. I
3: mean, and I, I mean, uh, Dan Campbell's one in five, and and like, who's going to help Dan Campbell out? I mean, that was a winnable game. That actually, to be honest with you, if you had Detroit in the seven, that's ten and oh, six. You think you're loss. covering that game?
4: Oh no, no, no! It was a terrible loss. And again, I'm being a little hyperbolic with Jared Goff. Of course, I've watched worse quarterbacks, but underthrowing receivers on big, big chances, always safe just completely scattered in the pocket. He's terrible. And this Lions team, who's going to save Dan Campbell? HBO. Because the propaganda machine's out of control, dude. The guy gets up at the podium after every game and said, man, that one's on me. Eventually, it can't be on you. You got to start winning football games. This is parody. Did he say that? Did he say that? Did he say that? Did say that this Every post-game week? presser. Man, this one's on me with tears in his eyes. Uh, enough. Enough. Michael Lombardi. When we come back, Tom Brady's in a spot he hasn't been in in 20 years. It's Lombardi line.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v
3: featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: All right, I'm laughing because there's a new symposium, which we'll get to in a second. But BetMGM, the king of sports books, of course, the sponsor of the Lombardi line, visit BetMGM.com or download the app. And if you're in Nevada, bring your status sheet ID to any MGM property. You're going to be ready to go within minutes. It's the best, it's the king of sports books. Visit mgm.com. you got to be 21 years or older. It's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Of course, we conclude Monday night in New England tonight with the Bears in town as we welcome you back. But good news during the break. I learned from Michael Lombardi that there's going to be a LeFleur Symposium. It's going to be hosted by Matt and Mike. And then mm-hmm. we're going to figure out how to convert on third downs. Before you jump in, let me just a couple things here. The Packers lost to the commanders, which is hilarious to say out loud. That's three and three in a row for Rodgers. I don't think he's been three and four in his career. They abandoned the run, 12 attempts. They were 0 for on third down. Rodgers was screaming, what the F are we doing? The offensive line is broke, both pass and run defense. They got a pick six in the next two drives. The Packers had negative yards. It was about as bad as it gets. And your buddy, Mr. Matt LaFleur, seems confused on offense. Well, I mean, this
3: is the Matt LaFleur we saw at Tennessee before he became the head coach of the the Green Bay Packers. This offense is reminiscent. I'm going to do some research on that this afternoon on the Matt LaFleur-Tennessee offense that when Arthur Smith took it over became very good, right? And when he ran it, it was horrible. Sir Don Martindale held him to no third downs. The reason I I talk about this third down is the LaFleur brothers over the last two weeks between the Jets and the Packers are 8-for-47 on third down. 8-for-47 on third down. Think about that. I can say this. I'm not a math major, but that ain't good. And look, I mean, big daddy's upset and he has every right to be. He wants somebody's head on a platter. He has every right. He doesn't know where to go to blame. He, you know, dry Alexander supposed to be the greatest corner in America. He gets toasted by McLaurin yesterday. They lose a game. They get two pick six. Really? The one pick sick got called back on a, on a, on a very, you know, whatever you want to do with that call, but they can't move the ball. I mean, they, they can't get any rhythm going offensively. And I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. This is a design problem, right? You can blame the players all you want. LaFleur has known who's on his team since April. Since the 1st of May, he's known who's on his team. For him to run this offense, the same offense as if he had Devontae Adams, for him not to try to get his two best players involved in the game, which are A.J. Dillon and... and, and, and and Aaron Jones is criminal. He's won two games. Against New England, he ran for a buck ninety nine. Against the Bears, he ran for two a two oh three. Like at some point, when does he say, This is what I have? This is how I have to win the game. But he he and he has the greatest quarterback in the league. And and this guy's coming off an MVP season, and now he's you're telling me he's this bad? You telling me he's this bad?
4: Completely abandoned the run. You just mentioned just 12 attempts. Over the past three weeks, the Packers offense somehow has gotten progressively worse, and there doesn't seem to be any answers coming. What you just said is fascinating, because essentially what you're saying is Matt LaFleur has a system. If he can't fit those pieces into the system, he can't adjust, and that is that's damning moving forward.
3: Right. Well, I mean, there's a there's a listener on GM Shuffle that tweeted this to Femi and I yesterday, Patrick. But basically, if you go over, if you look at his ha- if you look at his halftime adjustments, the Packers' second half scoring going back to the forty nine er game. Okay, going back to that, they've scored forty nine points since then. They scored three against San Francisco, seven against Minnesota, three against Chicago, none against Tampa. They scored twenty against New England. They scored two against the Giants seven against the jets and seven against washington that's been their offensive production since the san francisco game and into this year and so what does that tell us it tells us we can't we're not having any adjustment and so what i say there's two things that you always look for with teams you know we we always talk about players coaches and scheme but beyond that you have to look at is it a production problem or is it a design problem production meaning are there plays on the tape that we're just not executing or is the design not giving us plays? And when you watch the Packers, they don't have a design. He's trying to run Devontae Adams' offense, and Devontae's in Las Vegas, right? You can't, nobody's rolling the coverage to these receivers. Nobody's scared of your passing game. They can play man to man across the board. Nobody's worried about Blitz and Rodgers because you're fearful that Devontae Adams is going to give up a bit. You're going to give up a bit. So what do you have to do? You got to change it. So maybe you go to three tight ends. Well, Rogers doesn't want to be under center. He wants to be in shotgun. Whatever he wants to be in, we'll figure out how to work it. That's the job of a coach. I mean, the fact Speaking that he's won all these games and every year I got to listen. Well, Lafleur's won 13 games. You're too hard on him. I mean, I watched him in Tennessee. That's why I'm hard on him.
4: Speaking of Las Vegas. They, it, you just mentioned Devontae Adams. What happened with Vegas yesterday is once they got the lead, they started pounding the ball. What happened with the Dallas Cowboys? They started pounding the ball. What the hell's going on with Lafleur? You're up 14-3 to three over the Commanders. Run the football. Your two best players on offense outside of Rodgers are your running backs. Why aren't you running the football? You had 12 attempts in the game. That's malpractice.
3: Well, if I were into Green Bay, I would say, hey, Matt, I'm just going to give you a little clue. I watch the NFL all – I watch every game of the NFL every week. And every team that is in a two-back set that runs the ball, runs it effectively. Why? Because most of the defenses don't know how to defend two-back runs anymore. There was a time in the NFL where that's all you practiced, two-back runs. But now, because of all the shotgun, because of all the set, nobody's practicing two-back runs. Nobody's practicing point-of-attack runs, cut-the-defense runs. Nobody's practicing point-of-entry runs. So when you run the ball out of two-back like they do in – in in Las Vegas, you've got to have some big holes. I mean, look at some of the holes Jacobs had to run through. So what what do we need to do? We need to get Aaron Jones in a two-back set, or we need to get something going here. And to me, that's called coaching. Figure out what you have and then adapt to it. Don't just think because I have Rodgers, I can fill, you know, Devontae Adams leaves, I put another. No, they're not X's or Z's. They're players.
4: Aaron Rodgers has never been a doubles dog in his career. Stephen Bonds Bills will host That's the about- Green Bay Packers next Sunday night. The, on paper, the matchup looks good, and right now I've got Circa at 11 and a half. I've got DraftKings ten and a half, 10 and a half, so it's going to close doubles with the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers says this might be what's good for us. I'm not
5: I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us. Uh, this week you know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Going to Buffalo and Sunday Night Football. The chance to get exposed, shoot, might be the
4: best thing for us. Seems fun. You know what I love? Who's going to get exposed? Con- yeah, I, who's going to get exposed? I mean, well, not
3: my Mike's in the Jets. He's riding high. I mean, they keep their four-game winning streak. You know, we're doing zero on offense, but give Salai credit. I mean, he—they've he, basically told Zach Wilson. You you're really not participating. We're just going to hand not, this ball we off. Don't, I
4: mean, we <laughs> don't we don't want you involved in this team.
3: The You're not going to be involved. And and I give him complete props for doing it. I give him com- It's the only chance he it's the chance he has to win the game. At least give him credit for that. But look, what's the floor going to change against Buffalo? I mean, you know, I, the problem is can they stop Green, can Green Bay stop Buffalo's offense? I think there's three teams in the league, Patrick. I think it's Green Bay. Excuse me. I think it's it's Buffalo, Kansas City, and the Eagles. Based on what San Francisco did yesterday, you can't say they're an elite team.
4: No, the Buffalo Bills have the best defense in football. I know we react week to week. San Francisco, by the way, San Francisco got manhandled by the Chiefs. Like, Shanahan should be embarrassed. His team got pummeled by the Chiefs. And you You, know what? The, The 49ers gave up nine picks for Lance and McCaffrey in total. So the reinforcements aren't coming. They got manhandled by the Chiefs. Good, good on the Chiefs look, because they beat them up look, physically a, as well.
3: I'm a D'Amico Ryan's fan, but I think he doesn't understand how you got to play the Chiefs. Like for the for the Raiders to play the Chiefs better defensively than you do with your talent level, that's something. Then what that tells you is that's a design problem, right? That's a design problem. You didn't design this to specifically take away what they do, and so as as an executive. That's what you have to look at on Monday morning. This is not, I mean, I don't want to sound like Big Daddy and blame somebody. He wants somebody fired in Green Bay immediately, immediately. But the reality of it is, is you have to figure out what gives your team the best chance to win the game on that given Sunday based on the personnel that you have. That The Giants are living proof, living proof that with good coaching and smart decisions that that you can stay in these games. The Jets are proof of that. Nobody can look any worse than Tennessee. I mean, would you agree with that? No. Do you
4: say Tennessee?
3: Tennessee. I mean, they look so bad offensively. They can't throw it. They can't run. They tripping win games. All over
4: themselves. Yep. They win uh, games because because the coach. Because the coach. The coach. Uh, quick, quickly on Kansas City. San Francisco was a sharp play. Need I remind you? Ended up closing pick 'em. Maybe. Kansas City lane one, San Francisco lane one, and Kansas City, the beatdown 44-23. On offense, the Kansas City were Kansas City Chiefs were fooling. D- they were having fun. Like, San Francisco would score, and then two plays later, Kansas City's in the end zone. They were just, they were Nine, out there having fun. 9.1
3: 9. yards per play. 4.49 points per possession. 4.49 points per possession. 0. 0.75 points per play.
4: That's rare. That's rare. Coming to a high school gym near you, the Matt and Mike show, the floor Symposium. Third down, no, we're going to do it in a big
3: ballroom. We want to do it in a big ballroom. We'll have sandwiches. We'll have popcorn. Yeah, we'll do it in a big ballroom. Hell yeah.
4: I like popcorn. I like hot yeah. dogs. Also, do the Giants <laughs> well, fans too. like Daniel Jones? That's the question. We're coming back.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi line on Vsin, Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, I sound like a broken record every Monday as the dust settles on another football Sunday, but our team here at Vsin, we're making cash, and Vsin pros are making cash, and you can become one. It's VSN.com slash subscribe. It's 99 bucks through the Super Bowl. What do you get? You get pro tips, you get pro picks, so we'll do the work for you. You get Pro Tools, the betting splits, which are so important. You get Michael Lombardi's exclusive articles, and you get every guide that we offer. Point Spread Weekly as well every Wednesday. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. Lombardi line, of course, on a Monday. We've got, you know, there are some questions, Michael, as we bring in our buddy Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. It looks like it's going to be Mac Jones, and I'll set Thomas up this way. Are you preparing as a book for Mac Jones tonight to start for the New England Patriots, Thomas?
5: Well, that's reading the tea leaves, that's the way it looks now, that it's going to be Mac Jones. I, we haven't seen anything definite, but that seems to be the case right now. Um, they're leaning that way. So um, we're certainly uh, thinking that. But, I mean, again, with the way that, that Zappi has is played I, and what we've seen from Mac you know, earlier this season, is there really much of a difference at this point? I, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, Zappi has done everything and more that uh, Belichick could have hoped uh, to get from him. So, um, you know, at this point, I don't think there's too much of a difference in the, in the line, really, between those two.
3: You know, I, I agree. I think, to me, like Dallas, you know, they learned there's a certain way to play the game when Dak went out. And I think if you look at New England, this has always been the way they want to play the game. Avoid losing before we win. Don't turn the ball over. And what Mac had done prior to this point, no matter how many yards he gets or what he ends up producing, you know, he was throwing for a ton of yards, but he was turning the ball over too much. You know, three turnovers against Miami, turned the ball over against Pittsburgh, four turnovers against Baltimore, you know. And so in the, even though in the last three weeks they've turned the ball over once each game, their defense is kind of covered up a little bit, but they've cut down on those turnovers. And, you know, that that's something that Belichick is going to preach. And so whoever goes back in there has got to protect the ball. The Patriots are still 28th in the National Football League in turning the ball over with their offense.
4: Are you eight tonight? And where are you sitting on the total there at the Borgata, Thomas?
5: So right now, uh, this morning, I dangled nine out there. And uh, oh we'll... Uh, So, again, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on yesterday's show. I mean, Patriots are such a popular uh, teaser play this week, you know, when they're at eight and um, practically in every teaser. Now, how many of those survived from yesterday is uh, debatable. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was mostly all Patriots money. So, through nine out there, see what we can get on the Bears.
3: Well, I mean, besides the celebration when – uh, Bryce Harper hit the home run in the book. I mean, what was the other biggest surprise for you in terms of the outcome based on the handle yesterday?
5: Well, that Phillies game certainly didn't do us any favors. Um, I just got down <laughs> from climbing my light pole on Broad Street to come and... Yeah, I'm sure run, you guys. did. but uh, <laughs> um, but no, it was. Uh, I mean, well, congratulations to the Phillies, though, and to the Astros. Uh, it Should be an interesting World Series, to say the least. And um, I mean, as you know, Michael, everybody's overjoyed in this in this area about the Phillies. I mean, I was leaving here last night, and um, you know, people were walking around with their Phillies jerseys on and high-fiving each other throughout the casino. So it was a uh, certainly a raucous atmosphere um, in here yesterday, but in terms of the NFL yesterday um, looking at the early slate, yes, we, we had the, uh, the two big, uh, well, the one big favorite in Tampa who went off as a 13 and a half point favorite losing outright. Obviously, uh, the Packers also lose to the commanders and, and once again, you know, this has been a common theme week after week. We, we've seen some bigger uh, commanders wagers come in day of and, uh, we had that again yesterday uh so we we ended up losing on the side in that game but when you factor in the, the money line parlays and, and everything else that the packers um were included in didn't turn out too bad for that um the browns and ravens game uh was a decent result for us as well now the browns obviously got the money if you bet the browns michael let me just stop and pause right there for a second, but. If you bet the Browns on the money line in that game, I mean, at what point Stefanski was having such success with Chubb running the ball, and then he goes away from it at key times, and, you know, they end up losing. They could have very easily have pulled out that victory at Baltimore, don't you think?
3: I mean, look, uh, Mar Jackson, I think he had, what, 13 passes in the game? I mean— you know, they, they played their best defense of the year that the game and still lost. I I agree. Yep. Like, they, it's almost like they get bored with the run, and so they do yourself a favor and they participate with Brissette in there. I mean, if I were to tell you before the game, Patrick, that, that uh, Brissette was going to have 27 attempts and Lamar Jackson was only going to have 16, but he was only going to complete nine passes, you're going to say basically, well, but, you know, the Ravens have 44 rushing attempts compared to 24. Chubb averaged 5.7 a carry, and he only yeah. had 16 carries. It, it, it's perplexing to me, and what even makes it more perplexing is the fact that they still controlled. They had the ball. They 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 only had the ball 25 minutes. Cleveland. They let Baltimore control the ball, and that kills them.
4: What do you care? You covered your six and a half. Your six with the Browns—that was one of your big plays. You didn't. It's. it's but I. I That's thought that was a game.
3: I. I actually, if when I when I was going through it, I said I could easily see the Browns winning this game. I could see. Te- I could see Carolina covering. I didn't think they could win. I. You know when you kind of do that, I, I actually thought I could see Detroit winning and cover. You know I thought Detroit, and and, and I thought other than. The fourth quarter, when the substitute teacher should have come in, Detroit should have covered that, don't you agree, TG?
5: Yeah, I mean that certainly was looking to be the case, and then suddenly the, I looked up and the Cowboys were, were running away with it. But yeah, I mean that was ten six late in that game. Um, but uh, and people were uh, back in the lines a little bit here. The um, the other game that was an interesting one for us, I know we kind of focused on it yesterday in previewing it, was the Giants and the Jaguars. You know, that was, right. the Jaguars were a sharp play, and uh, the Giants, again, we, we had all the Giants' money come in from the public, and so not too much of a decision, really, on that. It was, um, actually, we ended up making a little bit on the game, but um, another another victory for the Giants, and here they are at 6-1, and one, and it's and you're left scratching your head again with, you know, how, how good or how bad is this Giants team? Uh, same thing with the Jets. And the Broncos, Um, you know, our best result yesterday was the the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, That game closed one, and uh, that ended up being our our biggest decision. So that went our way. Uh, It pretty much made the day really for us uh, in the NFL overall uh, was that one. But, um, I mean, most of the games weren't too big of a decision. The betting was pretty even on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the 49ers definitely got uh, bet a lot.
3: I don't know how you bet Jacksonville. The pop- with the, well, I don't know how you bet Jacksonville. No, I, I, I stayed away from Jacksonville because I thought they should win. I thought they should cover. But I thought the head coach would do exactly what he did in that game, which is turn down points and mismanage the game and get away from what he does because he's really an offensive coordinator. Remember, an offensive coordinator's job is to score points and gain yards. A head coach's job is to win the game. Take it from there, Patrick.
4: Yep. And Michael, you and I talked about Seattle being the most public side. Uh, they beat up on the Chargers 37-23. How'd that turn out for the book, Thomas?
5: Uh, we, we needed uh, the Chargers to cover in that. Uh, I mean, that game closed four and a half from an opener of seven. So the Seahawks were getting bet. And, and listen, I give Pete Carroll a lot of credit for what he's done. I mean, nobody thought anything of the Seahawks coming into this season. And let me just say, it was kind of around this time last year. If you remember last season, the Seahawks' defense was basically a sieve in the beginning of the year. And then they kind of righted the ship, and the defense became a strength. And it kind of coincided with Russell Wilson uh, taking a step backwards. Russell was hot at the beginning of last year, then he cooled off. And now here again, we're, we're seeing kind of the defense uh, improve a little bit now, two weeks in a row.
4: Yeah. Well, Gino was number three on your list there, Michael Lombardi. I mean, he. he I watched that tape this morning, Patrick. I
3: mean, that Charger defense, it's got Pro Bowlers on every level. They never stop anybody. And when you're a great defense, (laughs) you should never give up long runs. And they they constantly give up long runs. If you have a safety that's supposed to be the highest paid safety in football, one of the reasons is to prevent big plays, and they can't do it.
4: Before we say goodbye, what are you laying? I didn't look. Are you laying like a dollar seventy, dollar eighty with the Astros? And what's the comeback on the Phillies in the World Series, Thomas?
5: Uh, dollar eighty on the Astros. Uh, we we definitely have some Astros liability. We uh, just last week, I think it was Thursday, uh, we. They were, you could have gotten plus 110, I think. We took a $40,000 bet, moved to plus 105, and then somebody came in and uh, put $110,000 down on Astros and the World Series and that. So we have some liability now to them.
3: Mattress Matt. Mattress Matt. Better be Mac. on the lookout for him. Yeah, it was not. It was, yeah. not
5: <laughs>
4: Mac, it was You read, not you, read back, my, you read my mind, Michael. <laughs> Thomas, have a good Monday. Thank you, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Giants, Brady, and it is Geno Smith, a legit MVP candidate. That's next.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, Lombardi Line brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. You can single your first touchdown score prop tonight. Any Monday or Thursday night game, if your first touchdown score prop loses, you can receive up to 25 bucks back in free bets. It's a great deal by BetMGM, essentially saying here's a free play for you. Download the app. Or go to BetMGM.com. Remember, you gotta be twenty-one years or older. one 800 Gambler if you have an issue. It's a single first touchdown score prop tonight. If it loses, you receive up to $25 in free bets over at BetMGM. Got you back here at Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM aforementioned. It is VCN the Sports Betting Network. Just quickly, I wanna give a shout-out. It was a Lombardi sweep with Matt and Mick yesterday. Yeah, we had a, pretty good.
3: We had a great day. Yeah, it was a good day in the house. I mean, a shocking Shockingly good day considering that, uh, you know, the Panthers were able to, I mean, I don't know if you watched that game, Patrick. Obviously, I did with a ton of interest, but that game wasn't really as close as the score. I mean, the Panthers' defense, they held Brady to 3-for-12 on third down. They got off the field. They ran the football against the Bucks with Todd Bowles. Typically, you can't run the ball. And the Panthers did their offensive line play with continuity. And I'll say this: it's the first game of the year, the first game of the year, where they actually got quarterbacking play out of their quarterback. P.J. Walker was sensational. He was really good. The touchdown throw to D.J. Moore, the touchdown throw to Tremble were great throws. He had a drop on a on a big play, the first play of the game. But I mean, they were they played complementary football. They didn't try to extend themselves. Their defense got off the field on third down. And, you know, Todd Bowles in the fourth quarter, he put up the white flag. He surrendered.
4: I think the most, and and I'm not just kissing Matt in the offensive side of the ball's ass, but I think getting that third string quarterback, PJ Walker, after one game under his belt to come back and play this way. Also, you mentioned Todd Bowles in his career. He just doesn't give up rush yards. How about the Panthers? They gave up their best piece in McCaffrey, and then they run for 173 yards against the Bucks and Todd Bowles, 6.9 yards per play. Uh, it really wasn't impressive. Look, you don't see this very often, Michael, where you've got a 13-point favorite losing outright 21-3. to three. It was a Panthers domination there.
3: I mean, made, made 2.1 points per p- possession, you know? They were able to, you know, they had 15 plays in the fourth quarter. They had five to first downs. They scored seven points in the fourth quarter. They held Brady to 21 plays in the fourth quarter. Five first downs, no points. Brady was two for 12 on third down, one for three on fourth down. You know, they did exactly what they had to do. They built a lead at halftime. They made big runs. They had a three-play drive, Patrick. A three-play drive of a 60-yard run uh, and, and a 30-yard touchdown run by Hubbard. I mean, they just, they did. And... Brady could never get in gear. And like Rodgers, I think if you're Tampa and you're Jason Light, you're Todd Bowles, you're you're sitting here trying to figure out, like Brady's great. He's one of the greatest players of all time. But all quarterbacks need a certain level uh, around them. And Brady has no tight end. He has no slot receiver, and he has no nickelback. And they have no run game. And then it's another game where Brady's thrown it 50 times. And, uh, and you can't do that and be successful – against anybody he only got sacked once but you know that was hard it was he was he had to move around it was a challenge I mean and look the one of the reasons people were on the Panthers even though the line went from 11 to 13 and a half was because history showed us that the Bucks have dominated this series the last two years
4: there was no reason to believe after what we saw from PJ Walker in Los Angeles that he would come back and perform this way a uh, couple things about Brady. This is the first time in 20 years. He's three and four through seven weeks. Uh, the offense, just two for 12 on third down for the Bucks. 322 total yards in the game. They had one score of the field goal and 11 possessions. I bring all that up because, look, we can have fun with Tom and, of course, the media and social media, which is the dregs of society, are going to kill him for his divorce and all that. But, look, there's a lot going on right now, drops from the wide receivers, and guess what? It's quick, Michael. They turn around. They play in three days on Thursday night, and they're hosting Baltimore. doesn't get any easier. Yeah,
3: it doesn't get any easier, and they have no run game. And if Baltimore, which ran the ball 44 times against the Browns, if if you can't stop the run, here comes Baltimore. I mean, Lamar threw it 16 times. They only let him throw it <laughs> they didn't 16 do, they times. Didn't
4: even, they didn't even pretend. They just said, Cleveland, you can't stop the run. We're going to force this down your throat. That was Baltimore's and, game plan. And,
3: and, and fortunate that Cleveland was able to get that turnover in the fourth quarter. You know? And so, look, I mean, when you break this game down, when, when you... I mean, think about this. The Carolina Panthers averaged 0.42 points per play. And the Bucks averaged 0.045. I mean, th- that's a lot of plays to
4: get no results. I'm just saying, and you and I will discuss this on Thursday a point-and-a-half Baltimore lane at, at Tampa feels short. That feels short. Yeah,
3: I mean, it does. But, you know, at, at some point, where where does Tampa – I mean, the problem is, is there's no new players coming in. Like, what are we going to do? I've said this repeatedly. Brady wants to throw the ball in between the numbers. Look, I, I mean, I don't say this as a knock towards Brady. I say this as – it's like – Quarterbacks are like shooters in basketball. There's a spot on the court that they want to shoot from. And if you don't get to that spot, they may not be effective. If you force them away from that spot, they become less effective. Whether it's Jordan, Bird, whomever it is, LeBron, same thing with quarterbacks. They want to throw the ball. I mean, Lamar wants to throw it in the middle of the field. Brady wants to throw it. And when you don't have middle of the field players, whose fault is it? Mahomes, he'll throw it anywhere. Josh Allen will throw it anywhere. Those are those are outliers.
4: Such a good analogy as far as even thinking of just playing hoops ourselves. Like, you get comfortable from a spot on the field. And you just think of Brady and his career zipping that ball in the seam where he doesn't have that security. He just doesn't have that, hey, we need to reset right now. We need a first down. We need to get some momentum going. He's throwing it outside. You saw the play with Evans where he bobbled the ball 20 times. Like, Perfect
3: throw. But again, yeah, that that's throw. a post route. So that's a middle of the field throw. Brady doesn't love throwing the ball outside the numbers in nine routes. He don't love that, right? Like, like the throw that Denver makes against the Jets at the end of the game to Cortland Sutton on third. Like, why are you throwing that? Like we're not going to get the first that like that's a fifty fifty ball. Brady doesn't want that. He but the post, he can he can let the guy catch it with his feet. They can't make explosive plays. They had a 35-yard play, and they had two plays at 20 yards. That's it. That's all the Panthers gave up. No big plays. Keep the ball in front of us. They can't run it. And we get them to third down, we'll, we'll win the game.
4: Remember, this Bucks team plays the Seahawks November 13th where? Munich, Germany. Just as... This is a reminder. We ha- it's uh, we have a game. Th- we have a game this weekend. We
3: have the we have the Denver and the Jags uh, in London Town this weekend. I love it for us.
4: I when when there's a game on while we're live, there's a little extra juice because you get yeah. Michael on and the illustrator. The you will know, they'll be juice too because
3: the you know we got the, it's a the, it's red October here, Patrick. What do you mean? That's the, everybody's got t-shirts around here, selling them. Oh, Red it's October, <laughs> it's Phillies.
4: <laughs> so I didn't realize what you were saying when you said they were already greasing down the poles. Of course, uh, the Phillies advanced to the World Series. And then as soon as the show ended, I saw on social, they were literally brotherly love. They brotherly were greasing they were, down the poles. They, they had the Crisco out and they were greasing down the poles. It is a good time though. I mean, they don't care about the no, 76ers and Doc Rivers gets a free pass, but the Phillies and the Eagles are get certainly do Why do you agitate stage.
3: me? I mean, Doc has no accountability. It's not his fault. He's got, he's in charge of Toscano reservations and golf. That's what he's in charge of.
4: (laughs) Toscano. That sounds, that sounds delicious. Is it? And Brentwood right on the corner.
3: I forget. It's a tremendous, one of my favorite places to eat. He's in there every night. That's his spot. Him and Al Michaels. Those two are staples at Toscano's.
4: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Al Michaels, as I don't know if you heard, a huge fan of Taylor Swift. Um, we don't have a ton of time to delve uh, quickly uh, just to wrap up the box. The turnaround. Do, do you agree with my assessment that one and a half feels short? Do you think we close somewhere closer to two, two and a half with the Ravens laying it at Tampa on Thursday? I, or do you think the number I, comes back to the box?
3: I think most people that played Tampa last week or played green Bay last week. were thinking this, there's a switch that you can turn on me included. And that's a mistake. There's no switch. You're going to turn on their execution isn't very good. I mean their execution isn't very good. They had forty-eight rushes and completions. They had 17 incomplete passes in the game. Meanwhile, Carolina had forty-three rushes and completions. They only had six incomplete passes. Six. That's all that's all PJ PJ Walker had was six incomplete passes. So, you know, they were able to make those plays. They didn't they didn't have penalties they only had three penalties in the game. So I don't know if there's a switch that they the Bucks can just switch on. Now, the Ravens have struggled at times to play run defense. We talked about it. They have been prone to give up big plays in the passing game. You know, we'll see what happens. They're going to have to do something personnel-wise to shake this because people are getting a – I mean, look, the Panthers are a good defense. I'm not saying they're not, but they stonewalled the Bucks yesterday.
4: I think you nailed it. I don't think it's the offense, which is bad right now for the Bucks, but the idea that you got run over on defense by P.J. Walker – in a McCaffrey-less Panther team, to me that says something systemic within the Bucks, right? It, it, it's yep. just there's something wrong. There's
3: something going what? on. They're, they're not, and, and Bowles alluded to it. He said, look, we're just not going to turn on this Super Bowl thing.
4: If it's Zappy or if it's Jones, does Michael adjust his handicapping tonight with the Patriots? We'll find out next.